This is the Atlanta Small Business Show with Jim Fitzpatrick. Hi, everyone. Jim Fitzpatrick with the Atlanta Small Business Show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Today, we're very excited to have with us best-selling author, Mr. Patrick Swordfigure, who is a uh, book, you know, as I mentioned, a phenomenal book author, a coach, a speaker. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Yeah, it's nice to be back, Jim. Thank you. Yeah. In fact, last time uh, we spoke to you, you had a book that you were working on. I understand that's coming out soon, uh, Pandemic Inc. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, this is an exciting time for sure. I mean, it, the, the full title is Pandemic Inc. Eight Forces Driving Business Failure or Fortune in the Post-COVID-19 Economy. So it's all about how can businesses survive? How can businesses pivot? How can businesses rebuild and thrive in tomorrow's economy? And it's, it's a little bit of a challenge, but I'll tell you, you know, the, 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 the overwhelming equation of business is to find a problem and fix it. Right. And we've never, we haven't had this many problems in a long time. So there's, there's a lot of things going on and a lot of businesses are pivoting really well. And it, it, what I'm trying to do is just give people an idea of what trends to look at to make sure they're on the cutting edge of that. Yeah, so let's dive a little bit deeper. Can you give us an example? Last time you were here, we did talk a little bit about some business opportunities that will, res that will result from the pandemic. Can you give us an example of a large company or companies that have provided, that have uh, pivoted successfully during COVID-19? Yeah, well, gosh, I mean, there's a lot of people who are doing things and it, 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 it falls into a few different categories. Right now, you get a lot of the, you know, kind of giving donations, the PR aspect of trying to help uh, you know, PPE, the personal protection equipment and, and making masks and so on. So the, the, right now we're still in the crisis for the most part, we're still in the quarantine. I know we're opening up, but there's still, you know, definitely a lot of problems out there with respect to the virus itself. So the, the donations trying to help people, restaurants trying to feed nurses and so on, first responders, uh, now with uh, the rioting and, and some of the, the social unrest that we're seeing, people helping police officers and fire stations and so on. So going into recovery, what is going to change drastically in the way we do business? Well, you know, I mean, on the surface of it, it it's what we all know. It's the obvious answer. Things are going virtual. Things are going online. But, but let's go a step further than that, because this is something that people don't necessarily know is coming. You know, we've been talking about VR, virtual reality, for 10 years. Right. And we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting, and it hasn't caught on, hasn't caught on. People don't know why. Uh, you, know, you, you need to sell these headsets, these virtual reality headsets. Well, just last year, 2019, uh, Microsoft got a $480 million order with the Department of Defense, with the military. Oh, wow. That's a leading indicator for their augmented reality headsets. Right. Now we got something to talk about, because you got to know, there's going to be thousands, probably tens of thousands of, of soldiers of people right. in our population. These are yeah. people in our population are going to learn how to use these and the capabilities right. that are available. So that's going to propagate. Now, what happens when eventually someone, probably some YouTube star is going to get photographed wearing a, a VR headset walking down the street and the whole thing's going to blow up and, and right. we're finally going to get broad market adoption right. of, of some headset. But, but what, what happens is that every business to, to consumer B2C company at that point uh, is going to be in a mad scramble. It's going to be in a race against time to create VR experiences, yeah. which are going to be available on their websites right. as part of their marketing funnel. 
Incredible. they're going to be every like Ferrari's going to have one where you can race cars, and Coca Cola will have one with the polar bears or whatever, and Disney sure. with Simba and, and and the Lion King. So there's going to be a ton of VR marketing channels, and that hasn't even started yet. It, it looks as though people are now getting back at them. I live here in Atlanta. Uh, it's where we're headquartered, and uh, it seems as though people are starting to venture out now. They're starting to go to restaurants. They're starting to go to the shopping uh, centers and, and things of that nature and, uh, and trying to pick up their lives again and saying, you know what, there is a chance out there. There is a risk, but it's a risk I'm willing to take to, to uh, continue my life rather than being put on hold as we have been for the last three months. Yeah, and I, I definitely think you have kind of a slingshot effect where, you know, you, all of a sudden, I just went out with my girlfriend. We had our uh, anniversary, so we went out for dinner. It was the second night that they were open. The place was packed. The parking lot was full. Yeah. But, again, well, we're, you know, let's say it's 30% of the people that are going to be a bit more. And, I listen, I have people in my own family that are, that are, I'm not too worried personally, but some people in my family are, and that's fine. I, I, that's absolutely fine. Right. But, but let's say that the restaurant traffic goes down by 30%. Right. That's going to have a huge effect because these restaurants are working on relatively thin margins to begin with. Yeah, very. Yeah. And the, the rent, of course, is the single biggest payment. The staff is, is number two and the food is generally number three. So yep. the 30% reduction, what does it mean? It means that they're, if they want to stay solvent, yeah. they have to raise their prices, which means going to the restaurant is going to be even more expensive than it has been already. And that's a lot right. of people think that it's been expensive already. So, you know, that's, we can, it's predictable. We can see that that has to play out at some point. You know, maybe those price raise rises don't come for another six months, but they'll come eventually. And that might reduce the traffic even further. So you end up potentially in a spiral. That's right. That's right. What trends are we going to see in the hiring and managing of our employees through all of this? Well, that's a, that's a great question, Jim. So again, you, you fall into two different camps. You've got the one camp where, you know, restaurant employees, for example, or factory employees, or there's any number. I mean, being a nurse, you have to be there. Yeah. And you have, you got to clock in, you're there, you have a 15 minute break and you need to have just that 15 minutes because you have to be back on the floor. Right. So that, that's a, that, that part, you know, those people have to still be there, but the entire let's call them the white collar office type workers. Yeah. Not, not just executives, even just like right. kind of middle people, marketing people or, or admin people, the virtual thing's really going to take off. Now, what does that mean for businesses? Because mm -hmm. we're here in the United States, which has a relatively high cost of living. Right. The whole opportunity to hire abroad and hire people in different parts that you do not need a local workforce we're all starting to see, everyone's starting to see how, yeah. how effective the virtual element, even just this interview that we're doing here and all, all the work you're doing, Jim, it's incredibly effective. It works well. Right. So do you really need your executives or your, your management, your office staff to literally be in the same place? That's right. No. Why, why can't you hire someone, you know, literally in, in the Philippines or India that have incredibly right. high educated people? Yep. You know, you can hire people all around the world. And I think we're really going to see you know, a globalization of the workforce where people yeah. are working for companies that are literally on the other side of the country or the other side of the world. Yeah, we spoke to, uh, uh, we interviewed a, a, somebody from the company uh, Buffer and Buffer is made up of 100 plus employees and globally, there's no headquarters. The CEO, there's, there's no offices. Everybody works from their homes. So they said they're able to get the best talent available 
for the lowest amount of money because of the fact that people will, you know, whether it be from India or whether it be for some place in the United States. And they said, you know, we've got associates, for instance, that might live in, uh, in Oklahoma where the cost of living is relatively, you know, lower than it is if our headquarters were in New York City or Miami or, you know, Detroit or L.A. And uh, so we benefit from that. And they like it because they can work from home. They don't have to commute. They don't have to, you know, spend more money on, on uh, you know, business clothes or anything else. It's, it's, it's certainly the wave of the future. You know, that's another thing you just touched on there. The whole fashion industry is reeling because we're not going out. Right. But, you know, I, I've used virtual contractors for years and years. It's a big part of my business. And, and I quite often post on, you know, Upwork is a, is a platform where you can post uh, freelance type jobs. And I love it when I have people who are applying who are in Mississippi or Arkansas or Oklahoma. Yeah. Because the cost of living is so low and the, the talent is there. That's These right. These people are very, very smart people. So, and, and by the way, there's another side to this, which is I just read uh, the other day that Google, listen to this since, the, this, since the pandemic began, Google has already canceled commercial real estate deals totaling over 2 million square feet. Wow. Awful space, including the biggest deal that was ever negotiated in the San Francisco Bay Area. They've canceled that. That's just one company. Wow. And, and this is going to happen across. So the commercial real estate is going to shift dramatically. Yeah, and we've absolutely. already seen prices drop there. That's right. So, and it's because we don't need to be in offices. We can all work from our homes. That's right. What industries do you think are, are going to be less likely to make it through the, this pandemic? Well, I mean, so, you, you know, Liquidity is, is priority number one. And, and, you know, the, gosh, who was it who did the study? I think it was Morgan Stanley. I'm not sure. They did a study where they, they reached out to a half a million businesses and, and more than half of them didn't have enough money to last a single month yeah. uh, without new revenue. So, and of course now the, the PPE, there's been a lot of programs to help and that's going to, that's certainly taking the load off a little bit, but eventually uh, again, what we talked about before, the specialty retail, right? But not the big stores like H&M is going to be there. They'll, they'll survive. Of course, the department stores are basically gone. Yeah. Right? So the Bloomingdale's and Macy's and, and, and JCPenney, I mean, they're hanging on. But it, I, think it, I think, you know, their stocks have been on a slide for 20 years. So yeah. that's just yeah. accelerated. And it's sorry, it's bad to see them go. But, but a lot of the chains will probably survive, particularly if they have an online component. But the small, you know, two, three, four outlet specialty retail, I just can't see it. And then the same thing for smaller restaurants. I think smaller restaurants are going to struggle. And then you get into the whole, of course, the tourism, travel. Yeah. You know, I mean, you look at entire countries like the country of Greece, which has had such a hard time for, you know, 15 know. years already. I know. And, and now their tourism is, is just gone. And it looks like it's probably not going to come back in any real way until probably right. halfway through next year. Yeah, um, that's right. So that's right. there's going to be a lot of, a lot, you know, hotels, conference facilities, the airlines are going to struggle. I mean, that part is, you know, the whole situation is sad. And, but, but again, as businesses, we have to find a way to pivot and, and whatever is, is don't try and hang on to the legacy revenue, which you already know is at risk. Right. The opportunity is to look forward and be like, how can we, what can I do? Right. And, and, and I always think, you know, don't have a master plan to change the world. Yeah. Just do one thing. And yeah. step two doesn't become apparent until you're finished step one. So you take step one, then all of a sudden step two becomes obvious. 
and then step three becomes obvious and, and the path reveals itself. And we see these businesses, including mine, where I'm pivoting, trying new things. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden I'm finding a whole new genre. So we all have to do that as business owners to, to you know, redefine tomorrow's economy. That's right. Patrick Schwordfiger, staying very positive through the COVID-19 crisis. Thank you again for joining us here on the Atlanta Small Business Show. We very much appreciate it. Love to have you back because uh, it's always great talking to you and want to find out how the book is doing. Congratulations on it, by the way. For those of you that do want to get Patrick's book, we'll make it available right underneath this video on our website. And, uh, and uh, again, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate thank it. Jim, thank you. It's always a pleasure. Thanks. ASBN is a part of the JBF Business Media family.